We're in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, and uh, this chapter, the last will be in uh, verse 32, and we'll go down to uh, verse 42. And if this chapter doesn't, uh, the scriptures that I'm reading to you doesn't make you nervous, then you're just never a nervous person. This is an incredible statement that Jesus made. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 through 42. If you don't have a Bible, the Word of God's always lit up here at the church, and you can follow along. Whosoever, that's you and me, therefore shall confess me before men, Jesus is speaking, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. I can understand that part. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink, give, give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Take a deep breath. Yeah. I want to use for a subject this morning the side effects of Jesus Christ. You may be seated. The side effects of Jesus Christ. I'm going to share just three divisions with you today, and they are lofty and heavy. First of all, there, there is the good side of the effects of Christ. The side effects of Christ, the good, the good side effects of Christ. Second, there are the bad side effects of Christ. And thirdly, you bring side effects too. Now, what we need to understand is Jesus Christ is the great divide. You have him or you don't. You believe him or you don't. Jesus Christ is the great divider. There's more controversy about Jesus Christ than any human being that's ever walked on planet Earth. Some say he's God, others say he's not. Some say that he's the only way to heaven, others say not so. There's other ways. But Jesus Christ has brought to us in no uncertain terms, just, just unspeakably, without doubt, Jesus Christ said that he is the only way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through him. John chapter 14, verse 6. The side effects of Jesus Christ. Now, when you take medicine, let's say allergies. If you'll take this pill, they advertise it on television, take this pill and You'll have no allergies. You won't sniffle. You know you won't. You won't cough. You'll, you'll no allergies. But in fine print or very quick articulation, it may cause a brain tumor. It may cause you to go lame or limp in body. It may bring high fever or cause bleeding. It may even take you to the graveyard. But you'll not have hay fever. 
Take this pill. I don't know about you, but that pretty much talks me out of taking some things. There is side effects to things that come our way. And I want to talk to you about the side effects of Jesus Christ. It's important to understand that Jesus Christ, when he came the first time, did not come to bring peace on the earth, but to bring peace to one's heart. His first coming is to bring peace and joy, forgiveness and victory and life and that joy unspeakable in our soul, in our hearts to them that trust him and believe in him, but not to the world. Joy to the world doesn't come till Jesus Christ returns again to planet earth. Prosperity and Paradise does not come back to earth until Jesus brings it with him in the clouds of glory to set up a kingdom on planet earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That is a message concerning the millennium, the coming of Jesus Christ the second time to set up a wonderful kingdom here on planet earth. For he is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Now, I want to talk to you first about Jesus, the side effects of Jesus Christ. And of course, as medicine, there is side effects. If you, if you take real strong medicine, there's many times a very heavy side effects. And I want you to know when Jesus Christ comes into someone's heart, there is side effects. Amen. I want to talk to you first about the good side effects. When Jesus Christ comes into your heart, there's the side effect of peace in your heart. Woo! Peace in your heart. Notice it says that whosoever shall confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 very clearly says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the great chapter Jesus brings peace in our heart. How many enjoy the side effect of peace, the good side effect of peace? Peace in your heart. As John 14, 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many mansions. He goes on to say that in verse 27 of John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. We're told very clearly that we are to receive the peace of God and we're not to let our heart be troubled. Peace to our heart. Why? Because we've been blood washed by the precious holy blood of Jesus Christ. Peace in our heart because the graveyard doesn't scare us. We're over the graveyard. Christ has conquered death, hell, and the grave. We're, we rejoice in the blessings of God. We rejoice in the peace of God. For God brings us peace. He brings us peace in a bedrock of our soul. He brings peace. As Philippians chapter 3 verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. How many know in this day we need a mind keeper? We need a heart keeper. His name is Jesus Christ. If you don't have Jesus Christ, your mind's messed up. Hello. But if you've got Jesus Christ, your mind is flooded with good news and flooded with power and flooded with the grace of God. The side effects of Jesus Christ is joy unspeakable and full of glory. The side effects of Jesus Christ is getting to go to heaven and, and walk among the stars of heaven there to rejoice in the forgiveness of sin. Not only does the side effects of Christ bring peace in one's heart, but the side effects of Christ brings excitement to our heart. Amen. One of the themes of our church is come and enjoy the excitement. And I want you to know a church ought to be excited. Makes no difference whether it's Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Assemblies of God, Lutheran, Catholic, whatever. A church should be excited about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ put in my heart an excitement. 
that one day he's coming again. That one day he's gonna come and receive me unto himself. The Bible says, I will come again in John 14, verse three. When tragedy strikes, Brother Dale, when tragedy strikes, uh, Brother Tressy, when tragedy strikes, God, the side effects of Jesus Christ is comfort in your heart. Though the stars fall from heaven, God's word shall not fail. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Thank God Jesus Christ comes to us. There's that good side effects of joy in your heart. God brings joy in your heart, joy unspeakable and full of glory. John 15, verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. First John chapter one, verse four, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Side effects. I want you to know when Jesus Christ, when I asked him to forgive me of my sin and I repented of my sin and I came to Christ, I received some good side effects. I could sleep at night. I could rejoice in the blessings of God. No fear of grave, no fear of hell, no fear of death, no fear of anything because Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. When Jesus Christ came into my heart, he removed the, the, the stench and the stains of my past. When he came into my heart, he flooded my heart with forgiveness, peace, and comfort and joy. The peace of God took over. The, the glory of God began to sweep it through my soul and I began to get a hunger for God's word and a hunger for the house of God and a hunger to serve God. When I got saved, whoo, the sweet side effects of Jesus Christ. One day he's coming back for me. The excitement that Jesus Christ is going to descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and we're gonna be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Oh, hallelujah, how exciting. Now it's time to preach. How exciting. I want to talk to you about the bad side effects of Christ. You say, preacher, you mean there are some bad side effects to Christ? Well, look at verse 34 through 38. Think not that I have come to send peace in the earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. A sword divides. A sword cuts. A sword divides asunder. And Jesus is the great divider. Jesus divides. Jesus divides. He divides friends. Born again friends, not born again friends. He divides family. He divides churches. He divides people. He's the great divider. The side effects of the bad side effects of Jesus is number one, he divides. Also, verse 35 through 36, the unconverted will not understand you when you get saved. The lost will not understand you when you get saved. Verse 35 and 36 says, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth not he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Three times in verse 37 and 38, Jesus Christ said, if you don't put me first, you're not worthy of me. Hold on, I'm just preaching. I'm just repeating what Jesus Christ said. But the unconverted will not understand it. Verse 35 and 36, a man's foes. Verse 36 shall be that of his own household. I will set at variance, verse 35, against his father and his daughter, against his mother and, and, the, um, and the daughter, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. I can understand that one, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. But did you know that Jesus divides even family? Because when you get Jesus Christ in your heart, the unconverted will not understand. 
They won't understand. They won't understand because they think you go to church too much. They don't understand when you choose Jesus over them. You think that they think that's unfair. Now let me stop right now. The Bible teaches that we are to love our wives, men, even to death, like Christ died for the church. Don't misunderstand me. The Bible teaches us to love our families, love our children, love our grandchildren. This is not saying that we're not to love our family. What it is saying, however, is Jesus is the one and the only one that can say, if you don't put me first, you're not worthy of me. Now, if a boyfriend says to a girl, you put me first, don't you talk to anybody else. If you don't do what I tell you to do, then you're not worthy of me. Dump that person. Because no boyfriend has the right to say you're not worthy of me. No husband, no wife has the right to say to their spouse, you're not worthy of me. No one has the right. Only one person has the right. His name is Jesus Christ because he's God, because he's Savior of the world. Jesus Christ said three times, if you put, if you put your father ahead of me, you're not worthy of me. If you put your family ahead of me, you're not worthy of me. I'm just preaching the truth. Amen? You ever notice how someone gets saved and all they get happy? Woo! The family gets so happy. He got saved. Glory to God. My son got saved. And the first time the son or daughter that got saved starts serving God and radical for Jesus, they go, oh. They get divided. Divided because you're not a Baptist, or you're not a Presbyterian, or you're not an Assembly of God, or you're not a Catholic. You've not been baptized this way or baptized that way, divided over who? Jesus Christ, the great divider. I had some brothers when I first got saved that drank a lot and, and pretty much drunkards, and I was pretty much a drunkard before I got saved. And my brother says, yeah, you're just a holy Joe. I said, no, I'm a holy James. <laughs> Jesus saved me. Gave me eternal life. Y'all, you're too good to drink a beer with me. I said, no, Jesus is too good for me to drink a beer with you. Now, yeah. well, we could talk all along and say, well, that's not wrong. Well, that's the problem. See, there's the great divide. The great divide. Family will be divided, especially in the time of Christ, because the Jewish family, if you came to Christ and decided that he was the Messiah and crowned him king of kings, the Jewish family would kick you out of the synagogue and have a funeral service for you and consider you're dead. They'd disown you. Now, it's not that radical in the day we live today, but I'll tell you what it is. They don't understand when you choose going to church over a family picnic. They don't understand where you choose Jesus Christ over them. And they take it personal. Amen? There's people that take it personal. Some people think they know the Bible. Everybody has that family member that thinks they know the Bible. And, that, and the cheese is falling out of their sandwich. Everybody's got that family member that thinks they are an Einstein in the Bible. But they're not committed. They're not dedicated. They're not grounded in a good church, grounded in worshiping the Lord. And they want to dictate to you and preach to you how you should live. God doesn't require you or me to have an Einstein mind in the Bible. He requires of us stewardship, faithfulness, commitment to the Lord. Amen? And a family member may feel like, well, you know, you go to church too much, or you, 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 you what? You give money to the church? You do what? You mean you, you like your pastor? You, you don't have to go all the time. Listen, you're going to have family members that's going to be a divide. And the reason that divides there is one of two reasons. Number one, they've never been saved or they're brainwashed by another religion. Hello. Now, in this church, we've got Baptists attend here. 
God knows there's more Baptists than there are people. In this church, we've got Catholics, or was Catholics attend here. In this church, we've got Pentecostals. In this church, we've got Methodist background, Presbyterian background. This church is a hodgepodge of different faiths and different backgrounds. But what brings us together is Jesus Christ and no condemnation among us, for Jesus is our Lord. We put him supreme, and there's not a divide between us because we have put our trust and love in Jesus Christ. Amen. The side effects. Unconverted family members don't understand you. And unconverted friends do not understand you. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying to his disciples, his apostles that he sent out. They're not going to understand you. And I did not come to bring peace on the earth. I came to bring a sword. That doesn't mean he came to bring war. It meant he came to bring a divide. And of your own household, there will be people that will be divided against you. In your own friendships, your own relationships, there'll be people divided against you. Amen? It's kind of like young girls and young men, they're going to get married, and they don't, they don't, they no more look at whether they love Jesus Christ and are serving Jesus Christ any more than they just look and see how pretty they are, if they're attracted to them. And, and you know, the truth is, we're not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Amen? I said, Amen? God has just as many pretty girls and, and I say pretty boys, handsome boys in church as the world has in the bar room. In fact, they're prettier. In church, they're prettier. I mean, old sin makes you ugly. The beautiness of the Lord, amen? So you can't change someone. If you marry someone thinking you're going to get them in your church or you're going to change their life and bring them to Jesus Christ, I got sad news for you. You're not Jesus, and you're not going to change their life. They're going to drag you away because there's going to be a divide. Hello? Amen? Like the old widow, the old maid, she's, she needs to get married. And her mother says, you need to get married now. You're getting too old. You need to get married now. You're, you're, look at me. I'm an old lady. I could never find a man. And you're, you're still fairly young, but you're getting old. You're, you're just an older maid. And you need to get your husband. And so she went out looking, and she found someone. She said, Mom, I found the man. Oh, he's good looking. He's smart. Man, he's the one, but I got a problem, mama. She said, what's that problem? He said, he doesn't believe in God or hell. He doesn't believe in the fires of hell. She said, honey, you go ahead and marry him. We'll make him believe in hell. <laughs> yeah, boy. The side effects. The sad thing it is, the sad thing about it is, there is side effects in the family. When one truly gets saved, he's not saying that you're to hate your mother and father. He, he, wants, he wants your mother and father to know when you choose Jesus because he's worthy. They say, well, you just hate me. You don't like me. You choose him over me. That's what Jesus is referring to. He's not telling us to hate anybody. He's telling us to love him. And anybody that chooses, whether it's a child or a, a sibling or a husband or a wife, a friend or a neighbor, a, a, a father or a mother, if you choose them over Christ, Jesus Christ said, you're not worthy of me. That's pretty stout work, uh, preaching, ain't it? I mean, this is a Listerine bottle of mouthwash right here. This is strong stuff. Amen? Remember Jesus Christ said, but whosoever shall deny me, in verse 33, him will I deny also before my Father which is in heaven. What is he saying? He's saying when you're put on the spot, when you're put on the spot, 
And they say, what do you believe? When you're put on the spot, are you a Jesus follower? When you're put on a spot, that doesn't mean you go around telling everybody, I believe Jesus Christ, Son of God. Hello to the east, I believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God. To the west, hello, I believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God. To the north, hello, I believe. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about when you're put on the spot, when you're at a place, whether it be in family or whether it be in friends or, or in a courtroom of law or persecution, when you're put in a spot, don't crowd down and deny Jesus Christ. Stand tall and say, I believe he's the son of almighty God and take, take the truth. Sometimes the truth is hard to bear, but bear the truth. Amen. Amen. Always tell the truth. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying. They'll be trying to get you to deny me. But he said, if you'll, if you'll confess me, when we get to heaven, I'm going to say, I want to introduce you to Peter, James, and John. And God, Jesus Christ will introduce us as his blood-washed and loved ones redeemed by the cross of Calvary. Isn't that good? Yeah. Someone says, do you go to church? And your heart starts, boom, 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 boom. Tell them. Yeah, I go to church. Well, I don't go very often. They know that. Hello. The Bible says in <laughs> Bible says that we're to um, Hebrews ten twenty five, I believe it is, says not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another together, together even so much the more as you see the day approaching. How many agree the day's approaching? So you'll never hear this pastor tell you you go to church too much. You'll never hear me tell you that. Shoot, we ought to have church seven days a week. Oh, man. I don't think I can do that. I know you can't. I know you. Full commitment to the Lord. Dedication to the Lord. God's not looking for an Einstein in the Bible. He's looking for a faithful, committed child of God that will put Jesus Christ first. Amen? He said, I come to bring a sword, divide. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Any man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is not fit for the kingdom of God. That's a fact. And we are to understand that the side effects of Jesus Christ is people won't understand us. The side effects of Jesus Christ, thank God for the good side effects. But there's those that are going to badmouth us, persecute us. There'll be a rip between us and our family our, of our own household because we believe Jesus Christ the Son of God. Where's the divide? You know, there's always a divide. What do you think this Bible is? It is the infallible, inspired Word of God. But there's others that say it's not. Some say Jesus Christ, and I join them, is the only way to heaven, the only way to God the Father, according to John 14, 6. But you'll have family members and friends that'll say, no, there's other ways. Some will say, well, Jesus was a teacher. He wasn't a great, he's not God. There's the great divide. Amen. I just want you to know that Jesus is a divider. And you must be doing something right if your family's a little at edge with you. I mean, unless your family is just on fire church of Ephesus. Unless your family, and I've met some families that are on fire for God. Every child, every person in the family is on fire for God. But they're few and in between. There's always that uncle whatever down in the basement Thinks it's okay to do this and do that. Well, you know, I've had some enlightenment. Yeah, it's called Jim Bean. Now, we may disagree on some things, but 
the things that we disagree on is not going to divide us if we truly believe correctly about Jesus Christ. Amen? Hello? For instance, I'm not going to invite Opal Winfrey to come here and speak. You know, the sometimes fat and sometimes skinny lady. Well, I watch her. I'm edified by it. See, there we go again. Hello? The divide happens. I experienced it in my family. Family members thought, well, you know, you've just gone too far. Especially when I went Pentecostal. <laughs> wow, he's a snake handler now. I am not a snake handler. I'm a deacon handler, and it's a whole lot hazardous. When I die, you deacons shed not a tear, for I'll be no less dead then than you have been for years. <laughs> Woo! Well, I want to run the church. See, there's a great divide when someone tries to run the church other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Am I preaching yet? <laughs> we're, we're to love our brother. We're to love our mom and dad. We're to love our family members. But we're not to compromise. Because Jesus is the only one that can say, if you don't put me first, you're not worthy of me. And he's the only one that can say that. And so I want to shout it out. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is Jesus Christ. He's, he is worthy. Not my family, not my mother, not my brothers, not my sister, not my neighbor, not my friends. Jesus is the only one worthy to say, look, I'm at the top. Everybody else is under me. You serve me, you follow me, or you cannot be my disciple. That's a great divine. Amen. Here's a good one. Verse 37 and 39, we must take our cross. What? You mean we got to take a cross? What do you use a cross for? Well, I got one in my jewelry box. It's silver, gold. That's not what he's talking about. Oh, I'm bearing my cross. It's wrapped around my neck. It's gold. It's silver. You're not bearing your cross. You're being religious and probably don't even know Jesus anyway. Hello? Nothing wrong with a golden cross, or, but Jesus is not talking about here a golden cross that you wear around your neck. He's talking about a cross you carry to die. When you carry a cross, you're going to be crucified. You're going to die. You're going to die to drunkenness. You're going to die to sin and iniquity. You're going to die to fornication. You're going to die to adultery. You're going to die to sensual sins of the flesh. You're going to die to the world. You're going to die because if you save your life, you'll lose it. If you go for prosperity and go for the gusto, you're going to split hell wide open. You've got to turn to Jesus. Promotion comes not from the from the uh, White House or from the Senate or the Congress. Promotion does not come from money or, or filthy lucre or things of the world. Promotion comes from the Lord. Promotion comes from God. Verse 37 and 39. Notice that, well, let's look at verse 38. And he that taketh not his cross, notice it says his cross or hers. And followeth after me is not, he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Now, it goes on to say, he that findeth his life, that means those that wrap up their whole life in prosperity and blessings of earth, and you lay up your treasures here on earth, you're going to lose your life. But notice it says, if you will 
lose your life. That's what Jesus Christ is simply saying. If you lose your life for the sake, for my sake. In other words, if you put Jesus first, there's treasures beyond. You're not going to be happy if you win all the silver and gold anyway. You need Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, I want to be successful. It's okay to be successful. Jesus Christ can make you successful. But you cannot be successful and not put God first. Jesus Christ said, if you go after these things, you are not worthy of me. You know, you have people say, well, I don't believe the Bible, or I don't believe it. There's a lot of things people disagree with me on. There's a great divide. But I want you to know you need to set your sights on Jesus Christ, and if it divides you from friends or divides you from family, you still love them. You're not going to be unkind to them. But if it makes that divide, that's some of the side effects, some of the bad side effects of the medicine that Jesus Christ gave you to give you eternal life. Jesus is the medicine that redeems us from death, hell, and the grave. And the side effects is sometimes bad. Amen. We must take our cross. Now, what does that mean, take our cross? Well, it could mean you're to take the cross of family members who badmouth you. You're to take the cross of people who reject you. You're to take the cross of people who think you are a religious fanatic. You take the cross and you carry it even though people lie about you, despise you. Family members, you feel like an outsider because you stand for Jesus. You bear your cross. You carry your cross of pain. You carry your cross of, of heartbreak. You carry your cross of struggles. It's not easy to get up and go to church every week. It's not easy to read your Bible every day. It's not easy to press on in the things of God. It's not easy when all the storms are hitting you right in your face and, and everything's going wrong. It's not always easy to keep your chin up and say, glory to God, glory to God, and trust Jesus Christ. not easy to stay focused on Jesus Christ when there's barbecues all around you, where there's swimming holes all around you, where there's fishing holes all around you, when there's paradise, it looks like a place of pleasure all around you. It's not easy to say, no, I put Jesus Christ first. Amen. Now that doesn't mean you can't go fishing. And that doesn't mean you can't go barbecuing. That doesn't mean you can't go to family reunions. That doesn't mean you can't go do things, enjoy the blessings of things. But what it does mean is when they schedule Jesus out of your schedule. And the devil will schedule Jesus out of your life. And you're not to permit that. The place where you work will schedule Jesus out of your life. Hello? Does that mean you're not saved? I'm not saying that. It means you can't be a disciple, a follower. You can't be someone worthy of Jesus Christ if you don't put him first. Well, that's tough, isn't it? The cross, the cross of hard times. And then we are those that bring, <laughs> look at that one you're beside and say, you have side effects. Right, you have side effects. You have good side effects and you have bad side effects. Hello? If you hadn't brushed your teeth in three months, haven't took a bath in six years, if you haven't gargled Listerine, scrubbed your face and washed your mouth out, you have side effects. <laughs> Amen? 
Now let me stop right here because I, I, I need to correct some things lest I go back after the service and say I didn't cover something. It's different if you don't have the means to do it. That's different. If you've got the means to do it, then that makes it bad side effects. But if it's, if it's you're unfortunate, you're, you're not in a position to do what I just said, we understand that. Hello? For instance, you set up with someone in the nursing home, your, maybe your mom or your daddy's sick in the nursing home, and you, you, you're, you're there ministering to your loved one in the nursing home. You can't be in church, but you're ministering to them. And as you do it unto them, you're doing it unto Jesus. So there is effects of our life. Let me read this to you, verse 40 through 42, and I'll be done. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Have you noticed that all these phrases are about Christians? All these phrases are about people of God. Verse 42, and whosoever shall give a drink unto one of these little ones, and the little ones is the disciples, the people, the followers of Christ, will give them a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple. Barely I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his reward. So we have good side effects. We cheer people up. We go to them when they're in jail and visit them. We go to them when they're in the prison and we visit them. We go to them when they're in the hospital and we visit them. We cheer people up. We have side effects. When you walk into a room, does it light up? Does it light up? When you walk into a room, does it light up? It should. Should light up with joy and, and peace and joy. But I know some folks when they walk out of the room, it lights up. <laughs> Hello. Now I'm going to tell my age here, but sometimes I wish people had a clapper on. On, off, on, off. You don't know what I'm talking about. Well, you old people do, but... Young people don't know. Maybe you walk in the room and lights come on. Now you just walk in the room and you move and they come on. Side effects. Good side effects. When we give a cup of cold water to someone. Good side effects when we stand with the man of God. Or we stand with the women and the men of God that's serving the Lord in the church. Good side effects. When we encourage people, when we love people, and we help people, and we minister to people, we help them through their hard time, that's good side effects. Amen? Amen. Taking food to those that are grieving, good side effects. Bringing an extra heaping ribeye steak to the pastor, awesome side effects. <laughs> And boy, is there effects. But anyway. <laughs> everybody has side effects. Some people have good side effects. Some people have bad side effects. And my job is to have good side effects. When you leave here, you ought to be able to say, well, that was effective. And I hope that if you're a Christian, you say, good side, good side effects. Good side effects. I had a guy meet me one time. I happened to know that he was living in sin, drugs, and drunkenness, and he was just a bad guy, and he came to church, and I preached away, and he caught me back in the foyer, not in this church, but in another church when we were out in Carson Valley, Nevada. He caught me, and he said, well, I'm not coming back because I don't feel good. I wasn't edified. I said, wonderful, brother. You're not supposed to feel good about the way you're living. 
Listen, if you're just coming to church to feel good and you're still living in sin, you got it backwards. There I go with some of them side effects. Every church ought to have some side effects. When you walk out of here, you ought to have some side effects. Hopefully, there'll be good side effects. But each one of us have side effects. Some good, some bad. But I want to say to everybody in this room, you are not exempt from Jesus Christ. You either will honor him or not honor him. You will either stand for him or not stand for him. There is no middle ground with Jesus. I said there is no middle ground with Jesus. You don't get a piece of Jesus. You get all of him or nothing. I hear people say, well, Jesus was a good man. Sure he was. But they're trying to say, well, I don't think he's God. Well, the truth is, either Jesus, you can't say Jesus is a good man if you don't believe that he's the only way, the truth, and life, because he lied there in John 14, 6, if, and a good, man, good men don't lie. You can't say, everything Jesus Christ said, you can't say he was a good man. You, you honor him as Jesus. He's the only perfect man that ever lived on earth. You can't say that about him if you don't believe what he said. If you don't believe he's, if he didn't, if, if what he said's not true, he's a liar. He said he was God, and if you don't believe he's God, he's a lunatic. But if you believe he's God and believe he's Savior, then he's Lord. And he is Lord. Amen. I never let it bother me. Never. Listen, I never let it bother me. You should never let it bother you either as a Christian. When people get offend, offended by you doing right. Just don't let it bother you. You'll have to reach the place where you just don't give a rip. I don't care. Well, that's carnal. You don't care. Listen, I should have... You know, I've got a spirit about me. I don't care what the wicked world says about me when I preach Jesus. I don't care. I want them saved. I care about their soul. But I don't care what the wicked world says about me believing the Bible. I don't care. I don't give a rip what anybody says. I don't care what the politicians say. I don't care what the people that can't figure out what sex they are say. I don't care what homosexuals, lesbians say. I don't care what the drunkards say. I don't care what anybody says. It doesn't bother me. I care about them. I love them. I wish this church was full of those people. That always gets everybody gritting their teeth when I say, I wish the church was full of people like that. Well, honestly, we got Baptists in here. We got Methodists in here. Assembly of God in here. We got Pentecostals. We got we got Lutheran, we got some Catholics in there, and we've got some sinners in here. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I just want you to understand, up here, it's God's Word. Out there, I'm still going to be true to God's Word. I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to be mean. I love people. I want them to come to church. I want this church full of people. I want, it makes no difference who you are. And if you look down your nose at someone that walks into this building that isn't dressed like you think they ought to be dressed, or you think, well, you know about their past, you need to just, you need to just chill out. Go eat you some cornflakes with buttermilk. Just chill out. Where did I come up with that? Must be reading some of Jimmy Harris's post. Anyway. You ain't going to tell him, are you? Yeah, yeah I figured you. I figured you tell him. <laughs> Don't tell him. He'll have buttermilk and, and cornflakes next morning. 
Amen. I'm concerned about him. Have you seen some of the things that boy eats? I'm concerned about him. No, there, no, there's no wonder he hadn't grown up. Now, those of you that those of you that don't know Jimmy, he stands about here this tie on me. And when he sits on the front row, his feet don't touch the floor. But he's got a mind that's brighter than Einstein. He's one of the brightest, most intelligent men I ever met in my life. Talented. Just very educated. Very skilled. There's nothing that man can't do. And he's proven that by what he eats. And if I thought what he eats would make me as smart as him, I still wouldn't need it. But anyway, <laughs> I'll know if Jimmy listens to me all the way through because he'll say something. Or you'll call him up and say, you got to listen to the last part of the sermon. It'll be the great divide. Josh, come and bring a song. I want to encourage you, if you're a Christian and your family's been a little bit unkind, that's just part of the side effects. Don't be discouraged. Serve God. If people criticize you and they're mean to you, don't, don't, don't be bummed out. If the storms come, heartbreaks come, things are not working out for you at work, things are hard, that's just part of the side effects. Because Jesus is the cure. Jesus is the cure. And with that cure comes some side effects. But I'm going to enjoy the good side effects. And the bad side effects, I can live with. I can carry my cross. I can put Jesus first. And if I put in Jesus first above my children, makes my children feel like I don't love them, which is not true. That's what Jesus Christ is saying. He's not saying that for us to hate our family. He's not saying for us not to love our children, our family. We're to love them with an unquenchable love. We're to love them for eternity. What he is saying is I'm the great divider. If you don't choose me over everything else, you're not worthy of me. I choose Jesus. How about you? Stand with me. Amen.